This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Borovic as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that Atticus Viz's space race ended with ships crashing into the ground. Atticus ran towards the scene of the crime with Valentine, but found little evidence among the wreckage. Morgan fled while Eli was left to collect Toby, and when they returned to the estate, their ship had been impounded. Can they survive without allies or weapons on Greybridge? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. From a Greybridge-wide broadcast. Citizens of the society, please remain inside your homes while we conduct an investigation into the events of today's horrific tragedy. This is, of course, for your safety as much as it is for mine, and rest assured the celestial season will continue on as expected and as normal, after we poke around a bit to see exactly what happened here and ensure that no further unexpected and unexplained occurrences uh, occur. (laughs) This is your king reminding you everything is fine as long as you stay inside. You have arrived back at Van Houten Manor. Uh, Your ship has been impounded um, by uh, the king of Greybridge. Guinevere Ballensong is dead, and uh, Tritimus Versailles has been badly injured, uh, having crash-landed through a crowd. number of spectators and servants are dead. Uh, And the spring of the celestial season has been an eventful one indeed. Um, you are back at the manor house, um, having lost access to your ship. So obviously your your kind of best hard spot is now um, uh, unavailable to you. That said, uh, you did make sure to install kind of a clean upper floor. You're also not aware that there are bugs on this floor. Just your, your shady crew, um, Morgan, kind of like 
They found a bag of bugs, which implies that there are probably a bunch that they didn't find. Um, so you've returned back. Um, there are royal guards still posted outside. Uh, you've got guard around uh, the Marnie's song. Um, you also have guards at the uh, the doors to the manor. They're not. Um, they're a suggestion of threat. They're not an active an active threat, but they seem to both be there as a we're keeping people out, but also to report on whether or, or not you you leave. Um, You'll also note that a, a light rain has begun as uh, the, the shift into summer has begun, but um, seemingly uh, out of respect, they seem to have, have kind of stalled out on on that. So as they uh, as, as the night comes on, so too does a, a light cloud cover and a light spattering of rain, uh, indicating that the celestial season has gone a bit off the rails. Um, so... You are back at the manor house. Uh, the general word that Hugh has received is that um, royal envoys will be around shortly to collect statements and investigate what's going on. Valentine, you'd indicated that you wanted to position the team as kind of a, a neutral third party that could investigate. So that will kind of be your chance to do that. That said, you do have some time uh, before that all occurs. The broadcast that opened our episode is kind of playing on repeat. Um, the king clearly kind of recorded it in a rush on his ship leaving <laughs> the uh, the airfield, and it is now just being broadcast widely across Greybridge on sort of the uh, national channel um, on repeat. What do you all do? I, I think before even getting inside, knowing that there's all these royal guards posted and everything like that, uh, Morgan would definitely make a show and step up to Atticus and talk to him and just, my lord Van Houten, I... Please request that you be so gracious as to let me and my men stay in your manor, considering my ship is now impounded. Yes, of course. Uh, Robotay, please say to it that uh, Miss Rolls here has appropriate quarters for her and her people. Of course, sir. I'll see it done. Thank you. You are so very kind. My pleasure. And, um... Morgan, as you go to step inside, one of the guards uh, sort of sidles up to you, uh, Atticus, and says, My lord, um, I noticed that uh, the rogue trader said you are very kind in a way that could perhaps be a threat. Are you under duress? Do you need us to remove her and her servant? You may concern yourselves with the threats outside of my house. I will concern myself with the threats within. Looks at your power fist, looks at you, nods, and says, very good, sir. And then just fades back into kind of like standing beside the door. This is not Tantoros, to be clear. Uh, Tantoros, this is someone else. Yeah, what's, what's this guy's name? <laughs> make a you list. just want names of everyone? Yeah. Is, Actually, yeah. you know what? I, I don't know if Addis has the same... Addis. I don't know if Atticus <laughs> has the same wherewithal that Valentine has of clocking a, someone's name to be like, oh, we could exploit that later. Uh, Valentine's not offended by that one. That guy was just like, do you want me to deal with the problem? Eh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Great. Then guard no name. Yeah. <laughs> say. There's a freebie for you, Tom. Thanks. <laughs> Look at my list and go, ha, ah, good. I can save these for more important people. <laughs> um, I think at that point, Valentine would just lead everybody up to the third story mm -hmm. that we know isn't bugged so we can have an actual conversation. Yeah. Choose the centermost room, close all the doors. It doesn't have windows. Like all the paranoid but functional Yeah, and your shady crew of... can be like banging pots and pans downstairs making a big show. 
Perfect. Making the weirdest dinner. We are cooking dinners. <laughs> no music, huh? It's just got to be banging up lots of pans. Mmm, dinner. Just, <laughs> very weird. Someone's just oh, doing no, where's the salt? Oh, I can't find I it. I can't start a fire. The friction will make the heat. Rubbing pots. Just no music. That's just this is what we got to do. Yep. All right, so clearly there are some surprises on this world that we were not entirely prepared for. To run an effective list of our assets at this moment, we have the four of us, we have a power fist. Uh, just for continuity's sake, shotgun umbrella was left on board the ship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something I would generally sell as probably being in Valentine's quarters because it rarely comes up, but it does exist. He has a compact last pistol that's purposefully designed for hiding that I think he would have brought to the manor with him to hide it. Is that cool? Or? Yep, no, that's fine. Okay, so... And we have a last pistol. Other than that, we have anything we could take off of the guards if things go tremendously poorly. But at this point, we're a suspect solely because we're from outside this environment. Frankly, it's not a bad choice on the scale of things. A strange one, but not a bad one. Our greatest strength will be that Lord Van Houten here was already clearly winning the race. He didn't need to assassinate opponents. Right. And uh, also, you didn't actually do it. We were. Which is helpful. We were also uh, first to the uh, crash there for that is true. Balin Song. I'm assuming we'll be interviewed about that. I'm assuming so, yes. Also, unfortunately, Atticus, you called our ship the Mani Song in front of the security team instead of the roguish tradester. My suggestion would be oh, when that undoubtedly comes up in conversation, that's just a previous ship you owned. I'm, I'm so sorry, sir. I, Don't worry I about it. I wasn't thinking it. Won't happen again, sir. Excellent. I'm just saying, if it comes up, the Marnie song was our ship previous to this one. Also, sorry, I'm going to cut you off there. Uh, Atticus, I'm going to need you to please roll a... Um, I'm going to go with uh, a cool on this, or discipline. Let's go with discipline. Um, I'm going to say difficulty of three. Um, and... No boost or, or setback. Uh, this is just to see whether or not you're going to take any strain damage from uh, fucking up a, a a cover story in front of Valentine. Yes, yeah. this, this would weigh heavily on you. Uh, it seems frivolous, but uh, Atticus would be using a story point because, yep. like, he he takes his infractions seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All good. Uh, remove and then add. Okay, ready to roll. Go for it. Uh, one triumph and two advantages. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help myself. It just uh, gets so nervous. I've yeah, forgotten what triumphs look like. That's, <laughs> that's a triumph. Uh, all right. So I'm going to say that um, given how well you've been doing it all this, this doesn't shake you as a like, oh, no, I fucked up. It's instead like, a, oh, good. This is this is like a, a learning a moment and a, a chance to improve um given that it's a triumph um i think we'll say that uh tantornos uh isn't briefed enough to know what the name of the ship was meant to be and as a result it the information is kind of dead in the Ooh. water for him it's just okay. like he heard it but who's he gonna tell he's not there to investigate you he's literally just there to like guard the perimeter um so yeah, uh, Atticus, you you have a, a, a brief moment of, of possible panic, but as a sign of sort of personal growth, you you take it as as a a, a tactical improvement. Uh, this is just a, a thing you can do better. 
Um, but for us, narratively, we'll spend the triumph to basically kill the rumor on site, which is just a cool. guard not being briefed enough to, to know any better. Okay. Noise. Continue. So, uh, we're going to need to prepare for the hunt, which I assume is still going to happen, and the event that will occur afterwards. I can speak with the guards about the possibility of getting you some practice shooting, as we will need to source a weapon for you for the purposes of this hunt anyways. Uh, Lord Van Houten. Uh, in terms of preparation, trying to either capture competition alive or lure a creature into assaulting them, we are going to need some sort of pheromone, some sort of thing, and we're going to need a way to get it onto the property without anyone knowing. The Lord and I have created legitimate contacts, which will be of absolutely no use for this purpose. So I do believe that this will fall on you, Rawls and Clarence. Perhaps you could speak some to some of the uh, gentlemen and gentlewomen downstairs banging pots at this moment. Understand. We will see what they can stir up. <laughs> I like this. Wow, that got Tom really good. <laughs> Just the idea of Morgan making a pun is excellent. I, I, I like it. Excellent. So I'll source the legitimate weapons. You'll take a look into pheromones or other things that can lure the animals. And we will prepare for the hunt tomorrow. The only thing that remains is to make sure that you, Eli, well, we're up here, I can do this. All right, you, Eli, <laughs> fuck this. Uh, and <laughs> you, Atticus, are going to need to work on poetry as Lord Van Houten requires an artistic representation for the fall art demonstration. If we could have some idea of the themes of your work, then Morgan and I could figure out how to stage it dramatically. And I desperately desperately hope that this whole occurrence will not mess with our ability to create an effective maze for the party. <sighs> bang, bang, smash, pots, bang. Well, maze construction is out of our hands at this point, isn't it, sir? Correct, yes. It will either happen or it won't. Right. And uh, with a lockdown going on, is that uh, going to make procurement of various things more difficult, Morgan, Eli, or is that more the level you're used to operating at? I'm not used to any of this. Right, me neither. Without all of my gear, unfortunately, getting more information is going to be more difficult. I had thought, perhaps, before everything got locked down, that I could check out the Song residence for information, but now that is rather out of our hands. Could, uh, Lord Van Houten, uh, make an appointment to express his condolences? You know, with with his people present. Right now, that has been banned by the king. However, high risk, high reward. We could organize a meeting. Uh, see how it goes with the king's representative that will make their way here. And right. should that go well or poorly, we could always follow up to try to get permissions to do additional things. Or worst case scenario, approach the space marine to see if it would be possible to make a few changes to our security arrangements. Again, I don't like that option. I'd like it to be at the bottom of the list. Right now, my hope is the representative shows up, appreciates the honesty of our story, we are cleared and able to move forwards, or we can offer our services to the Crown. Right. Right. Okay, then. I need uh, shooting practice and poetry practice. Correct. Uh. Also, I'm interested to hear, does anyone have a theory on who actually did this? We know it wasn't us. It wasn't us. 
<laughs> Tom's pointing at Tyler. Oh. But, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? That character's not in this room. <laughs> we know who God's blaming, but that doesn't help us. Uh, I mean, my first thought was Versailles. He came down but didn't get hurt. Possibly, yes. And I found, while overhearing in the crowd, that the house, the, the, the lower decks people of the Versailles and Kiros family were closer than they appear. They are discussing training and sharing other resources, which is very strange considering that their houses are known for, shall we say, hating each other at a near genetic level. Huh. Well, I mean, ship sabotage is cowardly. Who's the most spineless of all the houses? Who's afraid of honourable frontal confrontation? Theoretically, Balansong is dead. Barberstein has very little to gain. Kiros is around and a psychopath. We're just thinking about the people at the head. Are Kiros and Versailles people friendly without the leadership's what direction? You think the under people were doing this without even the head of the family's permission or knowledge i'm just saying it's a stupid world with stupid rules and people at the bottom getting shit i saw this on the lower deck sometimes people thinking they can rise up and take control of things for themselves well eli's right this world don't make no sense doesn't work on a navy ship but might work here I do agree that that's entirely possible. However, we don't have any evidence that suggests it, and we're not aware of any of the players in that part of the game. So let's hope it's not a conspiracy that requires us to delve into another stratosphere of the entire functioning of this heretical world. Speaking of heresy... Yes, I was going to mention another unfortunate complication. I got a new reaction from the Lady Bolland song, which does not matter now, but... The Lord Voidstein had a very intense reaction to, you know, and called me a heretic, which I think speaks more for his own knowledge than anything about me. That will be entirely true. However, we're going to need to do some quick work to make sure that the king's representatives and for lack of a better term, inquisitors don't find evidence that would be otherwise damning on your behalf. <sighs> Exactly. A complication, especially now that we are without our medical bay. Yes, it will make things uh, somewhat more complicated and somewhat simpler at the same time. Uh, I'm going to need a knife ordered from the kitchens. Clarence, could you find us something sharp, please? Of course. Excellent. Lord Van Houten, feel free to take time studying, thinking, whatever you need to center yourself moving forward. Mm. <laughs> discomforted by that taking time thinking um uh eli you also have the servo skull situation that i don't think they would be aware of oh is atticus aware of the markings no, no. so that was all just kind else. of happening Correct. in front of him and he's just <laughs> that's, that's the way to work uh, it off <laughs> yeah he won't he won't question it if he sees it he'll be like, hold on but yeah that's fine <laughs> Honestly, after the Beast Man. <laughs> I was going to say, technically, you wouldn't know the symbol unless you, you had know been exposed to a Slaneshi cult, uh, even if you saw it. I think it. you would understand a fucked up Aquila, though. I think he would feel weird looking at it. Yeah. But yeah, Why, you shouldn't it... know what Slaanesh symbols look like. Well, I mean, I guess there's an interesting question, which is where my brain runs as Valentine, which is a fucked up eagle is just a stylized eagle. And a lot of systems have a different understanding of the emperor and general symbols. The heretical symbols attached to it 
are the like crisis piece because mm-hmm. that's straight up heretical guilt as opposed to people sure, travel the galaxy I guess and get my, a different eagle. In my head, from what I remember of the uh, slide-on transfers that used to be very rare at my local games workshop, a lot of Slaneshi stuff is very circular and kind of like rounded. And my guess is it's it would at least look Xenos. Like I don't think anything in the like Imperium language is I like High Gothic is I think like so so the way that it looks is it really does at first glance just look like a big Aquila because okay. it's actually man and I spent months thinking I said the wrong word and now I can't remember the word for it. It's a there's a certain word for it, but it's actually the Emperor's original Aquila. Mm-hmm. And so it just looks slightly different. Mm-hmm. And then once it got out of 30K and went to 40K, it it's it's a different style. Yep. But that's most of what it is. It's just that there's creepy symbols in the wings. And if you looked closer. Okay, and then so, also there's a Slanesh symbol at the bottom, but that would only be if you knew exactly okay, what that all right. Meant. So no. then I think it's safe to say um, might feel a little bit ill, but not immediate. Not we have to kill the heretic. Necessarily. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. yeah, you wouldn't yeah, yeah. know exactly. No, if, yeah. if it's an Aquila, like, yeah, that this is recognizable. He's like, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so in my head, that's, that's, that's just off. It's always yeah, yeah. No, no. fist hand, yeah. but, right? But, yeah. but that's like the thing that's messed up about it is that the emperor's children still use the aquila to be like, "Hey, fuck you, emperor," <laughs> even though it is really the same thing. Yeah. Historically, they were the only legion allowed to wear it. Thank you. Sad. Mm-hmm. Someday I'll mm-hmm. remember the word. Now it's going to bother me. You want to roll for it? Roll for whether or not you can look it up on your phone. Thank Keeping you, it thank right. you, yeah, yes. it's a tech use check. All right. Um, um, it should be noted too. Uh, Morgan and I in our scheme to get, I don't know fuck up Barbarcine and Guinevere and all that stuff. I Wait, re- what? The Did you of, do it? <laughs> no, no, no. He phrased it very poorly, but at the party, I realized that Poland Song and Boverstein, it seemed like, especially Boverstein seemed to like her. So I figured we could get them both to like one another and stop going after the Duke. But now that, well, dead in the water or the ground, I suppose. Yeah, but I reprogrammed a Boberstein servo skull to deliver a letter to Guinevere that she'll never get. And that servo skull was also intercepting Lizardman's, uh, I don't know, dictation. Uh, what? Wait, wait. Uh, hang on <laughs> okay wait, i'm just to make a few steps i'm gonna try to piece this together so you thought you could bring them together you mm. had you created a false letter from Tercius. i don't care who wrote it but a letter was written that was from boberstein boberstein to balansong that's correct and that was sent on a hacked servo skull at the event we were just escaping from yes Greetings, fellow servants of the Emperor. It is I, Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, and I am here to call you to step forward and serve the Emperor as part of his immortal and blessed host. It's a great day for you to join a Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash dumdumdice is the perfect place for you to fund our little forays into saving, let's just say, the Golden Throne and all of humanity. Now, I know the thing that you're wondering is, what's in it for me? Because, and I mean this as pleasantly as possible, you're absolute heretical scum. 
What I'm hoping for all of you is that you can redeem yourselves by receiving ad-free feeds where you are no longer plagued by random temptation, but instead can focus your attention purely on the Emperor. You can gain this ad-free feed for only $5 a month and receive other feeds as well to other alternate realities. If you go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, it's for the Emperor and we'll save your souls. If that is found, that's going to look very bad for us, but continue. Why would it look bad for us? It was sent through other scenes. Yes, but you, you falsified a letter from one major player to another who just died, which could be seen as some way trying to appear innocent to flame ball. It could come back. Essentially, we're fucking around in the accounts of a woman who's just dead. Anyways, it, it, honestly, not a bad plan overall, though. I don't complain. We didn't know there was going to be murders. <laughs> What's the second exactly. thing? He says, pointing at Clarence. <laughs> Uh, there was some sort of interference or something coming through and sounded like Lizzo Lizardman was dictating whatever newsletter he was writing in real time on the race. And did you capture this skull? Do we have it? Uh, n- no, sir. Do we have any information on Lizardman's uh, deciphering, the way the coding was done, the frequency that the information was traveling upon, anything? N- no, sir. Was it destroyed? I do not know. All right. So, to be clear, Lord Van Houten, we know nothing about this servo skull, we know nothing about Balan Song and Bobastine. That's going to have to live with you two in case it comes back to you in forms of questioning. In which case, honestly, the truth is probably best. You thought you could spin them off and then give yourself an advantage in the contest. That's fine. That'll actually read clean and it's true. Yeah, these people do that bullshit all the time anyways, don't they? Let's hope so. Uh, and if you could get me that knife immediately. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes, sir. Clarence is going to run down. Easy <laughs> to the knife. It's only pots and pans being banged. <laughs> cool. uh, they, they, they're shady. They understand safety. Uh, I mean, they have their own knives, right. but the kitchen knives are all fine. Cool. You, you get He's going to bring him a paring knife and a flensing knife. Just give him a little this selection. <laughs> Great. Uh, Morgan, this is going to be tremendously unpleasant. Would you rather this just be you and I, or will you require someone to hold you still? No, I I just wish Toby to watch. Done. Uh, both of you can go about your business. Uh, I will require a hot basin of water, Eli, if you could organize that afterwards, and some medical wrappings. Uh, go approach you. I know you don't know where they are. I don't know either. Eli just looks to Morgan. Morgan just gives him kind of a slow nod of, yeah, what you are thinking is what I am thinking. All right. (laughs) Yes, sir. All right. Uh, So as that unpleasantness uh, commences, Mm. uh, Morgan, I'm going to need a uh, survival... or, sorry, resilience. So to be completely clear on what Valentine is doing, along with the cuts and all the rest of the bullshit, just that this paints the picture that he is aiming for. He's not interested in taking the whole thing off. The fact mm-hmm. that there's an eagle is fine. He just has to screw up the symbols enough that it's not clear that any of them are heretical oh, things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not looking to take the whole thing off the back. His person wearing an eagle is fine. And again, as an inquisitor, he's not bothered by an eagle. He doesn't care what era it's from. It's just anything heretical has to go and has okay. to be removed. Right. And he's going to play it across. His goal, especially having two different knives, is he wants to make it look like 
like Rawls Varn got scratched across the back by the ship that almost hit her. So make it look mm. like accidental scoring in like uh. diagonal lines across the back that just inconsistently scarred up her fucking injury so that she can just say, oh, I got hit by a ship on the way out and that's what happened. And then it goes, like, you're a heretic. And it's like, oh, I've, I've had an eagle the whole time. That's easy cover story. Of course the void stain would think even an aquila is heretical. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all right. Uh, so we'll say then uh, resilience uh, to difficulty, given that this isn't a this isn't like a full full back situation, which I was kind of worried it was going to be. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, I'll give you a boost for the, the variety of knives. Uh, Valentine has options here, so it's not like he's like, well, we'll make do with what we've got. He's able to be be more tactical about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you a boost. Morgan for I think um the like despite how damaging receiving this was the idea of defacing it mm-hmm. is actually like reassuring totally. uh so you get a boost for that uh, that said I will also give you a setback for like this is the the most traumatic moment of your life <laughs> other than uh your crew dying so uh and all the things you named after them. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. I was going to say, I'll also throw it out there because this would not be easy. We should probably have a setback because this isn't in the medical bay and there is no yeah. anesthetic. This yep. is just it knives is in a back straight up, in, a, yeah. in a bedroom. Yeah. There is likely liquor on hand, but I don't think that's going to make this easier. That no. will just... Morgan just doesn't want any of that anyway. Uh, Valentine would have laid out his strategy for what he was doing, mm-hmm. approximately how many knife cuts he thought. Like He's very methodical about this and aware that this is miserable, so it's not a land of like, now for me to work, and you just have to linger <laughs> yeah, yeah, for an yeah, indeterminate yeah. amount of time. Yeah. He give you the countdowns he'd know how many things there were he's got to be fast but he's not cruel about it yeah cool uh i'm gonna spend a story point okay because this is and i will also spend a story yeah, point. Right. um yeah and morgan would just she's trying to be as stoic as possible and would also just i endeavor to hold on as long as i can and still be useful after this tomorrow excellent and uh, roll those roll dice. We'll see what happens behind Two closed doors. Two successes, one advantage. All right. Um, so um, obviously it is uh, an excruciating and an unpleasant affair. Um, throughout the rest of the house, um, you hear some some sort of like thumping around upstairs, but uh, nothing else, which is good because the king's... Uh, Envoy arrives during this situation, uh, and had you failed that check, uh, the sounds of your screams would have been very, very concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, I but- think be- since it was successful and you didn't hear that, I think Morgan would figure out the moment at which she would just be starting to scream and be like, I need something in my mouth, <laughs> and then moving on from yep. there. Yep, it's like I, afterwards, yep. like the basin of water goes in, just a bunch of like chewed spoons, like wooden spoons come out. Um mm-hmm. But, uh, yep, uh, all things considered as, as successful as it could be. And I think also, um, Morgan, weirdly, uh, having someone do it surgically and with an intention, like with intention, having been through like the, for the glory of Slanesh version of this, mm-hmm. having someone literally just like, it's, it's still awful, but it's like markedly less. Yeah. Um, and I think the comparison too is great because the Slaneshi culty version was tons of people and r- r- roarious and music mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. drugs and insanity and just being solo in a room with a guy who's like I'm gonna do this there you go it's <laughs> like okay 
I can center myself yep. on this. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, uh, while all that's happening, um, the, uh, envoy arrives. Um, so, uh, there is a, um, uh, like Hugh obviously would answer the door. Um, but there is a, a staff sergeant, uh, from, uh, the, the Royal guard, um, Lillian Oliver, uh, has arrived. Uh, this is a, um, Olivia Coleman, uh, type of lady. So just kind of like shows up. Um, just kind of like solid, um, uh, sort of solid business, like, uh, expression, um, very much like about the business of the day, um, and trying to kind of reveal as little, uh, about herself as possible. This is obviously a tremendously strange circumstance and she, you can tell that in a very much Olivia Coleman way, she's going above and beyond to try and suppress how out of the ordinary this all is, um, Behind her, um, there's an imperial, imperial, everything's imperial. Uh, there's a royal aircraft. Uh, so similar to uh, the um, sort of like uh, dropship that came in to repair your roof uh, from the uh, Bonsong uh, family. Uh, this is a, a very fancy sort of like, uh, I think like Cinderella's carriage from the Disney film, like that, but airship. Um, so about the size of, um, a, a halo pelican, uh, if that makes sense. So kind of like a, a, a large helicopter. Um, and it is just kind of parked on the edge of the property. Um, and, uh, so it's, uh, Lillian Oliver and then two, uh, two garden. And she just says, um, look, I'm sorry to interrupt your, your evening, but I've been sent by the King to discuss today's events, uh, is the Lord of the house home. And Hugh says, Oh, uh, yes, of, of, of course, of course, please, please, come in, come in, welcome to House Van, and he is in full, uh, like, like he, this is what a clerk has trained for, like he is mm -hmm. in his element, um, and is desperately trying to draw attention away from the maze that is under construction, <laughs> um, and, um, where would you all be during, uh, like, obviously Morgan and Valentine are tied up upstairs, but where would, uh, Atticus and Eli be hanging out? Um, we have no firearms to practice the like hunt prep with, right? No, no. Uh, okay. Uh, so then I think it's probably just because based on the last orders he received, it's, it's poetry work. And that means Atticus is with Eli just trying mm -hmm. to figure out poem shit. <laughs> uh, so what, what's a room for that? Like, uh, is there a study or something? Sure. Yeah. 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 You can have a, a, a fancy study full of like moldy books and. Um, I think we established that there was a, uh, an Ehrlich skin rug, um, right, that yeah. was like moldy and terrible. So we'll say it's that room. It's just like a classic, you know, big wooden table, big bookshelves. There's probably like a bust of an old Van Houten that does again, look like vaguely like you. Like if you take your glasses off and squint, it's, it's in the ballpark. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's a fire, uh, roaring there. Um, and, uh, I assume you've got, well, here's an interesting question. Would they let the people on the ship off the ship for impounding it? Hmm. Do they know there's people I was, on I was, the ship? I was going to say, that's a very big question. Yes, it is. Very big. That's why my brain went, oh, no. Or would they just lock it down? Because we got quite, we got a fucking beast man on there. We got a priest <laughs> who pulls a gun on anybody yeah. who tries to walk. Inside. I don't think they would have gone on board. I think they would have locked it down with a message of like to those on board. Because the other thing is, uh, you know what? Yes, they would have just locked it down. They respect the sovereignty of a rogue trader's 
ship, but this is very much a, this is less about the people on the ship getting off as it is Morgan disappearing into the night is basically the concern. <laughs> mm -hmm. that so sense. there would have been an announcement to the ship, which of course the ship would have like, <laughs> everyone on board is some kind of her heretical monster. <laughs> would have been like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> Kent Redwick is just like, sure thing, no worries, I'm normal. And they're like, we don't, we don't care, what's wrong with you? Um, so unfortunately that does mean that your communication for now at least, uh, barring royal edict of some sort, has been cut off to your resident uh, poet. So you are stuck with uh, the the artistic uh, musings of of Eli Sharp, uh, which you know we've 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 been discussing. Weirdly enough, even when we had access, we only said these two make poems. So I don't know why, as a party, we were like, we're going legit on this one. <laughs> we did. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, uh, uh, was it? Uh, Traseus was tied up writing that beautiful letter from uh, Everlasting Love. Yeah, yeah. Everlasting Love yeah. to a dead woman. He's going to love hearing that. <laughs> That's what all, all his hard work went towards. The drama. She exploded. <laughs> it made her feel so much that her heart exited her body. Yeah. Along yeah. with her organs and her blood. <laughs> it was that reasons. good. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the real Cyrano de Bergerac, I think. <laughs> I haven't read it. Um, all right, so Eli and uh, Atticus, before uh, Staff Sergeant Oliver arrives, uh, what are what are you discussing artistically? What's I think, like, I don't know how much of the conversation is, like, productive. I think the guy walks in on just the seventh time uh, Lord Van Houten has asked uh, Clarence, like, what rhymes with emperor? No, can we just get off of the rhyming stuff. It doesn't matter. Well, it's all it is. It's rhyming stuff, isn't As, it? No, that's, it doesn't have to rhyme at all. What kind of poem doesn't have to rhyme? Most of them don't rhyme. No. Children's poems rhyme. All the children's poems I know are all the poems I know. All right. No, there's more. There, Look. Okay. Rhyming's harder than just saying words. Why is it kids do the rhyming and then what well, adults or whatever? Because the they... thing is, you have to you have to learn the rules so that you can break them in an interesting way. But here's the thing: who would want to break the here, rules? Everyone here <laughs> is just obsessed with war and the fact that you're an actual war person, right? Like, you went to war, you fought, you've got this power fist. It's true, yeah. So just talk about the realities of that. And we'll then just... everyone will be like, oh my god, it's so beautiful and bloody and real. They're all stupid and have no experience with this shit. So write about stuff they don't have experience about. So just talk about a war and killing and yes. call it a poem. Yeah, except that you re you replace all like the bloody words and horrible things with like something that's like pretty. Oh, I, I crushed an orc's, <laughs> I crushed an orc's flower until <laughs> flowers came out and his flowers drenched my face. <laughs> that sort of thing. I mean, maybe you could use it was, a flower it was... for one of the words. <laughs> All right. And what else is, I don't know, nice? That's not the emperor. And you I better, have no you idea. Watch Let's you look say at these here, books. I'm like, I don't know. The hum of like an engine is beautiful when it's working properly. 
Right, so I crushed an orc's flower until the hum of his engine drenched my face and chest. Sure. All right, that's line one. Write it down. (laughs) (laughs) Which part the doors uh, open and Staff Sergeant uh, Lillian Oliver enters. Um, And she just says... uh, uh, apologies, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I've been uh, sent here by uh, King Fitzgerald uh, to speak with you. Is now a good time? And, and Clarence is just like stands up, like hands behind his back, and does a slight bow to her. Uh, uh, at ease, Clarence. Uh, uh yes, uh, this is a fine time. Uh, how can we help with the investigation? Um, and at that, she kind of like, uh, her shoulders drop like a half inch, like a, she's just seen how military this place is, which immediately puts her at ease. Uh, and she kind of just like takes off her, her, uh, uh, cap and sort of steps in and says, um, uh, the events of, uh, of today have been uh, quite upsetting to the society as an outsider. You may not. And she like gestures to your power fist says, uh, you may not be as unfamiliar with uh, violence and death as as we are here. But short of uh, accidents uh, that that occur around the planet, uh, large, um, very public occurrences like what happened today are few and far between. And the fact that two ships were affected during the celestial season and two of the foremost heirs uh, of the society is of tremendous concern to King Fitzgerald. Uh, As an outsider, there is, of course, uh, some trepidation about you and your household. Um, However, as everyone who watched the race can attest, you won rather handily before any of the violence, and it seems that... uh, even had uh, the Lady Ballinsong landed, she still wouldn't have beat you in the race. So personally, I, and admittedly some of my staff, see no reason why you would interfere. The king has asked that I come and get your uh, account of what occurred um, in the hopes that we can um, put any uh, questions of, of your involvement to rest as, as quickly as possible. Again, as the clear victor, it really... Seems as though this is more formality than anything, but it has fallen to me, and I do intend to do my job. Of course. Uh, my account would be, uh, well, when would you like me to start in terms of recalling the events of today? Um, and at this, she looks, again, just like a little out of her league on this. Um, she's not really meant to investigate. Her job is march people around and keep the order. Mm-hmm. She says, um... I, I suppose uh, mostly uh, what occurred on on the finish line, and if if you um, forgive me, you did did you have any reason uh, to wish Lady Bonsong ill? Mm, no, I did not. Uh, can you roll me a? So weird. There's no. <laughs> it ends up being charm, which feels wrong. Yeah, based yeah, on the system. Yeah. Uh, let's go with yep, yeah, uh, charm, please. Um, this is gonna be difficulty uh, two. I'm gonna give you a boost because she wants to believe you. Mm-hmm. Can we give him a boost because he's not lying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
And I think that's that's probably it from my side. Okay. One success, two advantage. Great. Um, so she she nods and says, um, you'll have to forgive me, Lord Van Houten. Uh, this is really more of a, a, a formality. I was just sent ahead uh, to ensure that, um, well, that uh, that you could be trusted. I, I see. Uh, to be trusted, uh, is there any call to service that I may answer? Uh, perhaps, uh, but that will not be up to me. Uh, that will be up to him. Uh, and she kind of like says something into her uh, into her collar. And uh, a few moments later, uh, you hear heavy thumping uh, coming through the uh, the front entrance of of uh, the house, and you hear Hugh Smiggleton just go, "Oh shit!" Uh, at which point, uh, the door creaks open, and kind of like leaning under it and forcing his way in. Uh, is Forrest Pollard. Um, just so I can make sure I've got this part figured out. Mm-hmm. Um, when someone who is like Atticus is admittedly like special, he's got a power fist, but he is like a rank and file, generally like a mm-hmm. frontline kind of shock troop almost, right? Yep. Um, I My general thing is that like space marines are godlike mythic heroes the emperor's angels the emperor's angels yeah colloquially known a space marine without any kind of livery to the empire which is i believe how this guy was described does that read generally or is that all like space marines a space marines a space marine this guy's a hero i mean i love it, him it depends the average imperial citizen doesn't know anything about the way space marine chapters operate they keep yeah, it secret okay. the inquisition has like oh this one guy made friends with the blood angels so he's the only one who knows shit about how they work i mean in my opinion unless yeah no, no, no i fully agree i would take it as and unfortunately the movies are, are absolute garbage at this but i would take this in star wars as like darth vader is like a fucking ghost where people right. talk about them, but like to the average imperial citizen, it's like, oh yeah, like our friendly neighborhood stormtroopers. And then like I hear there's this guy who is really spooky. And to my mind, that's always been and it's hard because like in 40k, particularly the space marines are so fucking everywhere in all the media mm. that when I was p- first like getting into the hobby, I was like, oh yeah, they're just they are the stormtroopers. And it's like, no, they are Darth Vader to the Imperial Guard. Got it. Okay. Stormtroopers. So no, you I think though. That with all that in mind, the lack of knowledge would probably bump you toward this is one of the Emperor's angels. Yeah, Holy if I engage shit. in the same kind of rumor mongering that all grunts are like, oh man, I heard they there was a, a Marine on 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 World two days ago. Oh, he must have been the reason that whole mm. r- regiment got blown up or whatever kind of thing. Like, yeah, okay, cool. So that gives me like a great deal of like Atticus, um, you know, straightens up. So, sort of similar to like when mm-hmm. Valentine like pays him a compliment kind of thing. I'm just <laughs> sure. like, whoa, this is... This is huge for me to be in the presence of this figure. Mm-hmm. But that's tempered somewhat by A, there's a job to do. And B, I think more importantly, helping this um, is like, this is a space marine who appears to be the bodyguard to a king of a planet that has like completely, what, seceded from the uh, No, it's under, uh, it's under the Imperium, but uh, it is... There's no Imperial influence here. From the reports you've read... Uh, I mean, I can probably just love with you about this. Uh, King Fitzgerald is rumored to be related to one of the Lords of Terra. Right. Uh, and is like I the general, the general yeah. reports yeah. are like likely an illegitimate okay. son of someone. 
Or at least the line is. So this very much feels like the, I need to keep my dirty little secret out of the way. So here's a planet that got <laughs> space nuked for heresy that you can just go dick around on. Like okay. this is, this is honestly sending your kid to the new world. Be like, sure, go live in, uh, go live in Canada. You'll be fine over there. Like it's, it's a billionaire's private Island. It's technically still in America, but it's a billionaire's yeah, private. But island. as okay. a result, and because of the influence on, on the high Lords of Ter- the high Lord of Terra influence on this place, it's yeah, to the billionaire piece, it's a lot of overlooked. Okay. Like you don't need to pay property tax. It's fine. That said, a personal space marine is fucking unheard of. Like that isn't yeah, okay. That isn't standard billionaire super yacht. That yeah, is I don't like, wanna, I didn't mean to like no, it's worth, it's just no, like, no, no. It's it's worth going over because we talked we last talked about this in our real time, like months ago, but also in game time, like before any of you arrived. And I think for Atticus a lot of those details wouldn't have mattered to you at that time. Um, but yeah. now it's like, okay, he yeah. like, he was like, I think I, I can't remember if I saw him, but like, he was like walking away from a party that we saw from like a balcony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now he's in the room looking at me and I'm about to talk to him. Yeah. He's also fucking big in this room. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Like, and it's I, just Atticus, you know? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry. So yes, all of that kind of going through Atticus's head here. Um, so eyes like wide, can't help but like physically show that he is uh, very much affected by the presence of mm-hmm. this space marine. Um, so he he steps into the room. He he's big. Um, space marines are what like seven eight feet. It ends up being seven eight if he's in armor minus helmet. Could be anywhere between eight to nine. Yeah, yes, yeah. so he's not wearing a helmet. Uh, that said, he does have now. Uh, he's got his bolt pistol strapped on. He also has a uh, a power axe hanging from his uh, his belt that he didn't previously uh, have. Um, and he he looks you up and down, and his eyes kind of alight on your. He doesn't acknowledge. Clarence. Eli's at strict attention. Yeah, once Atticus again. Is yeah, which, standing at attention as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, Eli would have like heard about them like being coordinated in attacks they were part of, but other than that. No reason well, to have any sort of direct. Mechanically, this pro- or this mechanically won't come up immediately. But just so you're both aware, for both uh, Leon Oliver and uh, Forrest Pollard, the fact that you're both at attention constantly is working in your favor subconsciously because oh. they're just like, oh, good people who aren't idiots. And it's weird mm. because this whole society is so. Like, again, if you think about, like, raiding a billionaire's yacht, and it's like, they're not going to stand up. They're going to continue to hang out in their hot tub surrounded by supermodels. Yeah. It's like the fact that you're both, like, they don't register it as a cool, good thing. It's just, it means that you're basically working from a level playing field, which right. you wouldn't be able to So he looks you up and down, and his eyes rest on the the power fist and narrow, not necessarily in a uh, an accusatory way, uh, just in kind of a, like, a trained, big trained guy in armor sees... <laughs> thing capable of punching armor real hard. Um, and uh, he just says, Lord Van Houten, I must say I am impressed with your armaments. I trust you understand how to use it. Yes, sir. Hmm. Good discipline. We don't see that around here a lot. You'll have to apologize. I will have to apologize for my appearance here, but... Death in the celestial season is bad for everyone here. You understand? Yes, sir. You have recently arrived. You've brought with you a rogue trader. Did she murder Lady Balansong? No, sir. And he like considers that, but again, like <laughs> you're giving him military answers, and he is a fan of that. Um, and he he just kind of nods and says. 
Good. His Majesty King Fitzgerald has need of you. It would seem that you have been named as the executor of Lady Balansong's estate. Yes, that was my reaction as well. We don't understand why, but her will was amended yesterday. Today she is dead. This cannot be allowed to continue. The Duke Wickstrop must find a companion worthy of his high nobility this celestial season. Yes, There's a lot at stake here for the society that you can't possibly understand as one newly come, but the more time you spend here, the more you'll come to realize that these pageants have meaning beyond what you understand. Yes, sir. So, I need you to round up those amongst your house that you trust most. And he reaches out one massive gauntleted hand and just drops keys onto the table in front of you and says, you'll find a solicitor at the Balansong estate. I trust you will report anything you discover to me. Yes, sir. Good. This must be solved soon. After all, summer is coming. Yes, sir. And on that, he nods, he turns on his heel and stomps out. This episode of The Valentine Heresy features the voices of players Ryan LaPlante, Tyler Hewitt, Laura Hamstra, and Del Borvik, alongside Game Master Tom McGee. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and The Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com. That's D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ad breaks use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. For all things Dum Dums and Dice, including merchandise and how to join our Patreon, you can visit dumdumdice.com or find us on social media at dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Nithrian, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, Waffle Marine, Dagger Rain, Rob L, Dia de los Hoodless, Diovasis, Loki Burrito, Squishy Werewolf, Remy, Funky Head, Nomad, the Wise Paladin of the Badlands, Accent Therapeutic Services in Florence, Kentucky, Lale, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This is Yanni, and welcome to season two of Harlem Queen. Thank you for listening. 
the season picks up with the search for Michelle. You are listening to the Floyd J. Calvin program. And now, straight to the headlines. Manhattan debutante and socialite Michelle Mondesir has been kidnapped from her Connecticut boarding school. There is a tri-state search for Mademoiselle Mondesir, who is 15 years of age, Caucasian, and was last seen yesterday evening going to her dormitory. Stephanie is frantic and she risks all in order to find her missing daughter. We will find Michelle. There are troopers all along the New Jersey and Pennsylvania highways. That's not enough. Madame Stephanie St. Clair posted a $10,000 reward for information that leads to the safe return of Ms. Mondesir. You need to take down your reward, Stephanie. I will not. Those no-good couples are already saying she's dead. The connection between the debutante and the numbers queen is unclear. And Stephanie still has to contend with Luciano and Schultz plotting to push her out of her own turf. Word on the street is that it's Schultz. Who cares about a lost colored girl? This one is white. Fifth Avenue debutante, lot of money, well connected. And I want to find out why Stephanie is so fixated on the girl. Stephanie is highly invested in her safe return. What do you need me to do? I need you to cheese it. What about Sinclair? You tried to clip her twice. Is she pushing up daisies? No. We're going to get her another way. Even Halstein is suspicious. Is he truly a friend or a foe? She's putting herself behind the eight ball. There's something more there, and I need to find out. In the meantime, someone has to earn the money she's deciding not to earn. You have no power in this case, Stephanie. In fact, you're a liability. I will do everything in my power to get her home safe and sound. Listen up for season two. Harlem Queen is a recipient of the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council's Creative Engagement Grant. And once we all get through this safe and sound, we will have a live radio show of Harlem Queen this fall. More episodes to come. Take good care and stay well. Oh, my God.